Taiwan reported two more local COVID infections on Monday. One is a man who worked at the Novotel Airport Hotel. The other is the daughter of a confirmed case, an Indonesian China Airlines pilot who was diagnosed in Australia last month. We turn now to the Central Epidemic Command Center. The first one, case 1145, is a Taiwanese man in his 40s who worked as a contractor in the hotel. From early April to April 28th, he was at the hotel on all days, accepting his days off. He developed a cough on April 28th and sought medical treatment on April 30th. After an assessment by health authorities, a test was arranged for him on May 1st, and he was diagnosed today. His CT value is 13. Case number 1146 is an Indonesian girl in her teens. She lived with a pilot who tested positive in Australia. Her other family members, case number 1090 and case number 1111, have no recent history of international travel. She was put in home quarantine on April 21st and tested for COVID. At the time, her test came back negative. But on April 30th, she began experiencing a slight fever, a runny nose and throat discomfort. But the symptoms were so mild she did not report them. Since everyone in her family ended up testing positive, she was given another test on May 2nd and diagnosed positive today. Her CT is 19. Tracing has begun for the infected Novotel contractor. So far, 23 people have been identified as close contacts. Authorities are also putting together a list of the patient's recent whereabouts. As for the other infected individual, the Indonesian teenager, authorities say no contact tracing is required as she was already in home isolation when she developed symptoms. A mass inspection of quarantine hotels is underway after the discovery of a cluster infection at the Novotel Taipei Taoyuan International Airport. Local governments plan to check the safety standards at each and every one of their quarantine hotels. In Taoyuan, the epicenter of the COVID cluster, the mayor has shut down all the city's community centers in hopes of containing viral spread. In the wake of several staff testing positive for COVID, the Novotel Airport Hotel was shut tight. A nationwide inspection of quarantine hotels is now underway, ordered by the CECC. In Taoyuan, the mayor has ordered tighter controls on foreign pilots who are at higher risk for infection. Foreign flight crew use designated passages and quarantine transport to reach the quarantine hotels. They're considered as being in transit and they don't need to go through immigration. They must stay in the rooms and can't go out for meals. We cannot afford any oversights here. At an appropriate time, I will inspect the relevant arrangements and pandemic countermeasures. Three quarantine hotels in Taoyuan have been set aside for use by airline crew. For fear of the airport cluster spreading into the city, the local government has announced the closure of all community activity centers. At community care stations, venue rentals and activities will be suspended. Normal operations will resume on May 17th. Cultural and recreational centers and other places where older adults tend to gather will not be allowed to offer karaoke events or group meals. That will also be the case at indigenous cultural and health stations. Nearby New Taipei has also ramped up its public health protocols. So far, the municipality has already inspected 1,079 rooms across its 11 quarantine hotels. Inspections are also underway in Taipei. By April 30th, we had already issued improvement guidance to 104 hotels. In the second phase, we are giving them three days to correct any oversights. Our employees get the temperatures taken when coming to work and when leaving. They have to conduct self-health management. 
On top of that, our company offers our employees face masks and disinfectant. They also get vitamin supplements with a reminder to keep a balanced diet. According to January data, Taiwan has a total of 26,000 quarantine hotel rooms. Local officials are now inspecting them one by one to tighten loose screws and ward off another hotel outbreak. A wet weather front is due to sweep in starting Wednesday, boosting the chance of rain over reservoirs in the north and east. At Taoyuan Sherman Reservoir, soldiers were working double time to finish up dredging work before the rains arrive. President Tsai Ing-wen stopped by the catchment area on Monday to inspect the operation. Amid Taiwan's water shortage, President Tsai headed to the catchment area of Sherman Reservoir to inspect a dredging operation now underway. Rain helped many Taiwan reservoirs last week, but it wasn't enough to end the drought. Today, Shimen Reservoir is still at about 20% capacity. This week, two new fronts are due to sweep in and lift water levels. President Tsai has asked that the dredging work be expedited to beat the plum rains. Ahead of the plum rains, please accelerate your progress. Please speed up the dredging while water levels are still low. Amid global warming, Taiwan is grappling with the drought of the century. Tsai has asked the economics ministry to diversify Taiwan's water sources to ensure a steady supply. I have asked the Ministry of Economic Affairs to promote a diverse slate of water resource projects, such as desalinization and water recycling, and to continue with its current work of fixing leaks in the water supply network. In Taoyuan, the president presented a cash bonus to the soldiers cleaning the reservoir. She also called on the public to conserve water to help Taiwan win its battle against the drought. Hotels are pulling out all the stops to attract guests this spring. With everyone holidaying in Taiwan, there's a big pool of consumers. And the promotions on offer are getting more and more inventive. For some travelers, being tall and slim could be the ticket to a thrifty getaway. For others, a splurge at a bookstore is on the hotel's dime. Checking in a hotel, this guest is asked to measure his height and weight. We want to give people a discount using height and weight. That's a bit of fun and a silly way to do it to encourage guests to come. This is just one of the many gimmicks designed to catch travelers' ideas. The discount is calculated by subtracting weight from height and multiplying by 10. Some guests can save over 1,000 NT. Recently, I really wanted to go abroad, so I thought I'd find some hotels and I saw this one had this promotion. I worked out I could save 1,000 NT and that seemed pretty good. It's the low season for travel and COVID has taken out international travelers, so hotels are racking their brains to come up with enticing offers. One establishment has a neat discount aimed at book lovers. This hotel belongs to a bookstore chain. Its new promotion offers a hotel discount to guests with a receipt issued by their store in the last two months, up to 50% off the bill. I can use my receipt here and get accommodation so it feels like killing two birds with one stone. We're mainly hoping to attract consumers who like our brand and who will be really comfortable here. Discounts abound across the sector. The deal is for the tall and slim at Doubletree by Hilton in Zhongshan, Taipei. At Elite Hotel, take along your receipt for a few dollars off. The region Taipei is partnered with a leisure farm, offering guided tours to see their fireflies. And the Mother's Day promotion at Sunwant Residences Taipei offers guests free afternoon tea and foot massages. Tourism is hotter than ever this summer. Taiwan shares moved lower by nearly 2% on Monday amid rising COVID fears. The weighted index sank by 344 points, or 1.96%, to end at 17,222 points. 
Turnover exceeded 587.7 billion NT dollars, the second largest trading volume in market history. Even if we're seeing a correction or a reaction to pandemic developments overseas or at home, liquidity is still up. Transaction volume is up and day trades are up. These are signs that the market is overheated in the short term. Therefore, I would say that over the next day or so, or even over this whole week, the index will be in a state of high volatility. Over on the Forex, the new Taiwan dollar weakened against the U.S. dollar, closing at 27.979 NT dollars. In a move to appease environmentalists, the executive yuan has revised its plan for building a liquefied natural gas station terminal in Taiwan's Daten area. The new plan is to move the terminal 455 meters farther away from the coast. While the revision would cost an extra 15 billion NT, it would put the terminal farther away from an algal reef environmentalists fear would be destroyed by construction. However, the proposal got the cold shoulder from activists who called on the government to offer more than one option. At noon on Monday, Premier Su Zhenchang convened DPP lawmakers for a briefing on a proposed relocation of the Datan LNG terminal project. What we are looking at now is pushing it farther out, pushing it from the coast by another 455 meters. The plan is to move the terminal 455 meters away from a port that's adjacent to an algal reef. This means the terminal would end up being 1.2 kilometers away from the coastline. The government says it will not dredge the area or harm the reef. It also won't fill in an area of 21 hectares that was originally designated for land reclamation. These changes to the project would push back its completion by two and a half years, meaning the terminal would only start supplying gas in June 2025. The changes would also increase costs by 15 billion NT. The economics minister says the government also assessed environmentalist suggestions to move the project to ports in New Taipei's Bali or Linko districts. She says such relocations would delay the completion by at least 11 years. It would take another 11 years, and during that window of 11 years, there would be a lot of problems with our energy supply and the energy transition. So I hope that in the upcoming referendum, our efforts can persuade people to vote no on the algal reef question. During the KMT administration, the plan for the port spent 248 hectares. We have reduced that to just 96 hectares. But moving the project farther out means the port won't need to be dredged. Also, we won't have to reclaim land on the reef for the piers. The impact on the reef will be practically zero. But the government's new proposal did not go down well with environmentalists. First, the content of today's presentation was very rough. We asked the government to immediately release all the information on the relocation assessments. We think the executive yuan should give the people of Taiwan several options to choose from and not simply tell us there is only this one option to move the project out. This is absolutely not in line with the spirit of our referendum. The proposal did not allay the concerns of environmentalists who staged a protest outside the executive yuan. For at least the short term, the issue remains far from resolved. And now, Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to Taipei Zoo to explore the languages of the animal kingdom. Animals can't talk.
talk, but they do communicate using sounds, sense, posture, and other nonverbal languages. For the people who work at Taipei Zoo, it's important to carefully observe the animals to learn what it is they're trying to say. For example, when koalas are angry, they flap their ears. When they get excited, the, the, the vibration of the air, uh, the movement will be different. So, for example, before they're mating, they feel extremely excited. They, then you will see the little vibration of their the air. So, um, again, for the zookeepers and our veterinary staff, it's uh, very important to uh, learn all this wildlife because they cannot speak human language. So we observe their body language, but also uh, learn from their uh, how they communicate through their vocal song. As for elephants, when they are angry, they will slam their trunks to the ground. Another sign of anger is making low-frequency sounds. For the uh, elephant, uh, it's very interesting. They will use their major tool, is their trunk, uh, but uh, to uh, hit the, the ground, uh, so you can hear a very low vibration voices. But uh, if you, you look at their the big air, sometimes it will push the, air, the big air toward their front side, so that makes them uh, look bigger. So that's also uh, it's very uh, interesting uh, images that uh, when we look at the elephant, you know they are maybe angry, they, they are not comfortable about the environment. Powdered leopards, when in a bad mood, will swing their tails up and down. When they're feeling bothered by their environment, they will have reduced appetite. As for chimpanzees, when they feel ignored or wronged by others, they will clap their hands, slap their own bodies, or even cry. For the visitors, uh, if you are lucky enough, you may have opportunity to uh, uh, eyewitness how the animal uh, using their vocal song to communicate, or they will have uh, all kind of uh, body language. But it's also important to keep silent and keep distances from the animal, so the animal will feel more safe. And, uh, so they can express their feeling freely. Zookeepers spend a great deal of time observing the sounds, behaviors, and body movements of different species to understand their current emotions and needs. Animals are very susceptible to environmental influences, which can lead to drastic emotional changes. The Taipei Zoo reminds visitors to speak softly and give the animals space when visiting the zoo. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. Fishermen have joined up with a Buddhist group to release a large number of valuable fish back into the ocean off Penghu. To mark Mother's Day, the female cobia were released back to freedom in a traditional life release ceremony. In recent years, overfishing has threatened the ecology of Penghu's waters. Experts say the event will have a meaningful impact on local marine ecology. May is the breeding season for cobia. This life release ceremony was organized by a religious association in conjunction with Penghu Fishermen's Association. The cobia thrash around in the net, but they're not headed for the market. They're being let free into the ocean in a symbolic affirmation of the preciousness of life. 
a 15 to 25 kilogram female cobia can produce 3 million eggs. So from a marine ecology conservation standpoint, these life release ceremonies are very meaningful. The fish were brought to a safe area and the net opened. Immediately, they were back at home. Some unknown boats gathered, perhaps tourists or opportunistic fishermen. In the last two years, the farming of valuable fish like cobia has grown as an industry in Penghu. It's a new site for the area, but overfishing is a threat to the cobia's future. This Buddhist group hopes the event will help the fish maintain their place in the local ecology. Our project to rescue and release these cobia moms is an attempt to express our deepest friendship and deepest respect for Mother Nature and to express our equal love for all beings as Buddhists. We want to nurture the ocean from generation to generation. This is just the first cobia release series organized by the Buddhist and fishermen's groups. Experts say it represents releasing 1.3 billion eggs into the ocean. Timed to coincide with Mother's Day, the ceremony was a gesture for fish mothers and for Mother Earth. It's plum season, and that means time for lots of picking and lots of pickling. Let's head now to a farm in Taidong where the cold water, the cold winter, has created a bumper plum harvest. To help aging farmers handle the glut of fruit, visitors are invited to come and pick their own plums while enjoying a peaceful day in the orchard. The trees are laden with juicy green plums. Pick your own visitors wander among the trees with baskets, choosing ripe fruit to pickle. You remove the plum stems with toothpicks, wash and dry them. Then they're placed into glass jars with sugar to create fermented plum juice. We want to get tourists to come here and get close to nature. Apart from picking fruit here, you can also receive the experience of the whole ecology. Taidong is the third largest plum producing region in Taiwan. In Shishan Township alone, plum orchards cover 40 to 50 hectares of land. The fruit is in season from April to early May. The numerous cold spells this year caused a spike in the harvest, but due to the water shortage, the plums are smaller than usual. A big harvest means a lot of work, and visitors are welcome to come and pick their own and enjoy a picnic. Farmers are on hand to show how it's done. The fruit is smaller because there's no rain. They're not as big as these plums normally are. The farmer is getting old and he can't pick the plums or manage the orchard. Now, if it's arranged well, if they want visitors to come straight here to pick fresh plums, then we're very happy to support the farmers in this. The farming population is aging quickly. In recent years, farming associations have promoted farming tourism, allowing visitors to enjoy rural life and giving elderly farmers a hand in the busy season. We head now to Jai, where one village chief's dream of a pink paradise has blossomed. The village of Ilong has over 40,000 pink cassia trees, which are the favorite tree of the former village chief Ye Zihong. His wife was not sure about the project at first, but after her husband suffered an accident, the real value of the flowers became clear. The pink cassia burst into bloom in such a delicate pink that it's known as the Sakura of Thailand. These tourists were blown away. This is Ilong village in Jai's Juchi township. As the cassia blossom, the village becomes a romantic idol. When they bloom, it's as they say, they're beautiful because there's so many of them. Community members planted the trees because of the village chief's love for them. Over six years, he paid out 10 million NT of his own money to plant the trees. 
we planted 45,000 cashew trees and went to plant them in our village. We really spent a lot of money on this, more than 10 million NT. If he had given it all to me, I'd be a rich housewife. But he told me his dream was to turn our village, Elong, into a romantic pink village. Initially, the couple disagreed over the plan. In 2020, he had suffered an accident, falling 8 meters out of a tree, and spent three months in the hospital. Watching the flowers bloom as he recuperated helped him see the bright side of life, and that's when his wife was won over. Now both are committed to seeing their project through.